today's episode, episode one, where we talk about Purim, Purim, the story of Esther, Mordecai, Haman, Boo, and King Caesarus. And I want to start off with this season that we're in is very important because the story of Esther is very significant because God went behind the scenes. He he pretty much tricked the enemy because there is no mention of his name in the book, in the scrolls. His name is revealed in Esther, which was a pagan name given to Hadassah. Hadassah lost her parents and Mordecai took care of her. And Mordecai is a it was her uncle, and he's a very significant figure in this historical story because he's the one that prompted her to go and become a queen. She went. She moved out of her comfort zone, and during Purim, it's very, it's very much a, a celebration in Israel. Even to this day, if you look on social media, if you look on the web, um, the secular Israelis will dress up kind of like so much, kind of like Halloween, but not so much so. But there's a celebration. The Orthodox Jews, well, their kids will dress up, and it's very festival, and they will have wine, um, different beverages and, and celebration sweets and they will read the story of Esther and whenever they hear Mordecai they cheer they have the little um, musical instruments I can't remember what they're called but when they hear the story of Haman who is the prime minister who plotted against the Jews they boo and you know and, and when they hear Esther they cheer and there's certain parts of the story that they, they the children become involved in. Very much so when they're learning the word of God, they receive samples of honey and apples and, and sweets. As the scripture says, the word of God is like honey on my lips, the psalmist says. And so in this season, I as a Christian honor the seasons of the Lord. And how we came about Parham is actually in the book of Esther chapter 9 verse 20 and Mordecai recorded his things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the providence of King Assyrus both near and far obliging them to keep the fourth, 14th day of the month of Adar and also the 15th day the same year by year as the days of which the Jews got relief from their enemies and as the months that had been turned for them from the sorrows into gladness and from mourning into a holiday, that they should make themselves days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. And to this day, they, they honor that. It's, and they're in Purim, I'm going to go into a little bit of the history and the significance as Christians as well. Historically speaking, Haman, 
who was appointed the prime minister. And the king, Assessorus, was tricked into believing that the Jews were going to turn against him and rebuild the temple and lies were, even today, you know, lies are, are often spoken against the Jewish people. And there's a, a very strong anti-Semitic, anti-Christ spirit in the world, even to this day, because of the coming of the Lord is at hand. And so back then, during that time, there was a creed that was decreed by the king that he could not reverse any of his decrees. And one of the decrees was to pay, pay homage to him at a certain time. And Mordecai, Esther's uncle, went into mourning and fasting in sackcloth and refused to bow to Haman. And it was told that Haman was furious and so he plotted Purim means also in the in the ancient Persian means lots, casting out the lots, Purim. And the reason why is because Haman plotted and cast lots to determine the day into which he would slaughter all of the Jews. Now Haman was a descendant from the king Haggai or Hagag, in which King Saul refused to slaughter and kill. He was commanded by the Samuel, by the Lord, to destroy every man, woman, and the children, animals, and livestock. But Saul refused to do that and thought that he would celebrate his victory by offering the best of the animals and livestock and make an a burnt offering unto the Lord. It was an ego because King Saul did not feel accepted even as king. And this is where Samuel tells him obedience is better than sacrifice. And because King Saul refused to kill and to murder or to kill, sorry, murder implies there's an intention Kill means to imply in defense of a nation, yourself, a group of people in the Hebrew. And so he disobeyed the the word of the Lord. And thus forth, Haman is a descendant of King Haggai. So Haman the Haggite. Plotted to destroy the Jews, and, and Susa. So, what God did is he hid Hadassah, Esther, because of the refusal of Queen Vashti, which many rabbinic commentaries revealed to us, like in the Talmud, and some of the sayings of the rabbis, is that Vashti would force some of the Jewish children to work and do things that were abominable to the word of the Lord, to the Torah, on the Sabbath, and force them to do work and, and, and disobey the commandments, the mitzvahs of the Lord. And so 
by her refusing to come at the king's command in front of other his servants and other royalty and other high elite individuals, it defied his command and, and defied, defied his kingdom, and she was vanished and put to death. And a lot of the rabbinic commentary states that because she oppressed the children of Israel, and I don't mean children of Israel, like when they were in Egypt, I'm talking about the children that were in the streets, that that was the justice or a reaping of what she did to them. So I'm not going to go and delve into the whole story of Esther because I want you to actually read the, the story in the Bible. But there are significant things that have happened in modern history within the last hundred years. It's very interesting that things happen in a timetable. God honors his feasts, timetables, things that happen, cycles, because during the rise and during the dictatorship of Joseph Stalin, who plotted also, like Hitler, to have a final solution for the Jews, died on Purim. Historically speaking, he died during Purim. Also, Saddam, who launched Scud missiles into Israel, and a lot of the, the rabbis during that time, during the Gulf War, and even before that, told the children and told the Israelites, or told, told the Jews, sorry, that God's divine providence protection would protect them. And he did. And so God orchestrated the U.S., Backed coalition to invade Iraq, and hence we have the Gulf War, and hence we drove Saddam Hussein and broke up his terror of reign. To which he 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 did tremendous things against the Kurds, against his own people, gassed them, and so during that time during the invasion, in that. That that time sequence was during Purim, and also a lot of things happened during Purim. It's interesting that today, our president, who stands behind Israel, acknowledged once again the Golan Heights and that it is the territory of Israel, and it is not a ter- 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 territory of Palestine, and which is Palestine was a made up word by the Romans, because. Uh, Palestinians, quote-unquote Palestinians, are not from Palestine. (laughs) They're Muslims, and Muslims come from Saudi Arabia. If you look at the Quran, you look at the historic, they come from from Saudi Arabia. They don't don't originate um, from Palestine, quote-unquote modern-day Palestine. They They come from Ishmael, the seed of Ishmael. And Abraham was not in the Promised Land. During the time of Ishmael, the promised land was given after conquest, and the children of Israel 
went into the promised land after with Joshua and conquered the land. So it's very significant because that's when the enemy hits Israel the most is during the holy days, which you would think the enemy would kind of be like, mm, this isn't working out so well. But he, he, he's very persistent and he knows the Bible just, just enough. He doesn't know all of God's plan because he's inferior. He's a created being. He doesn't know that he does not. He knows he's, he's, he's the judgment of God is soon to come and the wrath of God upon him. And so during this time, it's, it's, it's very critical for us as Christians to be in fervent in prayer. Also, God honors his feasts. And us also to take a lesson from, from the pages of, of, of the Bible that God moves when we are uncomfortable. See, Esther had to come, come and move into an uncomfortable place in her life. She had to take on a, a pagan name, Esther, which was not kosher, you see. Same thing with Daniel and some of the other prophets during the time of Nebuchadnezzar. They, they, the, the three Hebrew boys had to take on pagan names, see. Sometimes you have to take on a different identity in corporate world or in a divine assignment. It doesn't mean you lose your identity in Christ. It just means that you know who you are. You know the authority that has been given to you by Christ. Because we are seated with him in heavenly places. And to further the kingdom of God. See, Paul used his Roman citizenship to help relieve some of the persecution of the Christians during his time. He recognized something that was given to him by his father, by the choice of his father, him being a Jew and also be a Roman citizen. So we have to, as Christians, know our boundaries, know when we are to defend a matter and be meekness isn't us being weak. It's knowing who we are and knowing when to defend, speak, listen, and having the, the control of the spirit, self-control of the spirit, and being in the fruits of the spirit and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes our mouth can get us in much more trouble than if we were just to be quiet. I can say that from experience. I'm sure you can say that from your own experiences that sometimes you just wish you wouldn't have said something, especially if, if you're in a relationship with your significant other. You say something, you're like, oh, I wish I could take it back. It's not really what I meant. I just said that because I was in an emotional, emotional schism with myself. I wasn't really thinking it through. And so during Purim, is it's the reverse of the curse. It's a reversal of what the enemy plotted against you in your life, your family, and for God to reverse it so you have, may have divine favor, not for yourself, but for an ass a divine assignment. See, he doesn't give us the anointing so then we can just bathe in it, bathe in his presence. That's for us to be renewed 
by the word, by the washing of the word, by his anointing so we can take it out into the world, in the marketplace. Jesus only spent very little time in the synagogue. But he knew his metra. He knew his boundaries. That's why he said, I was called to the lost house of Israel. And so when they, he encountered the Gentiles and he saw that their faith was more than all of Israel. And I'm doing a little, a little purling, a little remez. Is he said you know, to the centurion, I haven't seen so much faith in all of Israel. Now think about this. So this is this is the hyperstatic union. This is this is the Son of God and the Son of Man in one. Saying he, he hasn't seen this level of faith, this type of faith in all of Israel. Because it, going down a rabbit trail, is the centurion said, just say the word. Just say the word. I already, I already know how, the authority you carry. I'm a centurion. When I say oh, something and, it, and, and it's, it gets obeyed, if not, there there's comes punishment, and that's usually death. So how much more? Jesus saying something is going to come to pass. It's like his word is going to come to pass. Although the grass may wither away, the word of God shall will stand forever. Psalms, amen. So the reversal. Back to the story of Esther. She did something that risked her life. She entered into the court of the king without his permission. And the word of the Lord said, and he saw her and granted her favor. Because she called for a fast, the nation of Israel to fast three days. And she fasted no water, no food, three whole days. Seventy-two hours, because if the king said no, she would have been put to death. No, no do-over, no reset, no game over. Trying in, that was it. And so we're at a pivotal point in our nation, where there's there's a lot of things that are happening, turmoil is happening, and how we as Christians and and as believers in the Lord. We will determine the future of our nation. And I personally don't really delve too much into end-time Bible, prophe- Bible prophecy preachers because there's always doom and gloom. And they have a very fatalist mentality. And the kingdom of God is always advancing. In the book of Daniel, we overcome. In the Re- book of Revelation, we overcome. And so... People often ask me, what, what is my eschatology? And I tell them, mine is pan-trib. It's all going to pan out. And to be about my father's business. 
Jesus said that when he was 12, when his parents, Mary and Joseph, forgot. Just think about that. They were so busy in the busyness of life that they left him alone after I believe it was three days. And of course he tells them, well, what do you think I would be in my father's house? I'm about my father's business. That's my table bill. Be about your father's business. Things will already be in place, but we determine if our nation is going to be a goat nation or a sheep nation. Christ came to disciple the nations. It isn't one nation is like the gospel of Matthew, one nation is like the gospel of Mark, one nation is like the gospel of John, one nation is like the gospel of Luke. No, it's applicable to everything. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Disciple the nations. The nations are his inheritance. And the pen is mightier than the sword. The word of God is mightier than the sword. It's sharper than to any double-edged sword. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Learned a little bit about Purim. You can do a lot of research on it. There's the Orthodox. And again, I chose to have some unfiltered raw honey with some biscottis. I made it more Italian. And I just kind of reflected today at, okay, where am I at? And I'd be uncomfortable. You know, when you're comfortable, it's very easy easy for us to get lost. And it's kind of like you don't gain more faith being comfortable. You don't go from glory to glory from one mountaintop to another. There's those valleys. There's those dry riverbeds. There's some loose gravel along the way. There's some tree stubs, some boulders that get in your way. And that's how life is. So in this season of Purim, and as well, the thing I love about springtime is it says springtime is when kings go to war. And that's when the holy days are. God chose those holy days during springtime because it's a time when the winter is over and the, the, the stream's life begins again. And cycles change. Seasons change. We're now in springtime. And so that's one thing I love about is Purim usually is before Passover. Because it's just holy days. Resurrection. Life. Newness. Freshness. So what are you guys going to do for Purim? It ends, I believe, tomorrow. But I hope you guys enjoyed. This is Chris with Brilliant Ship.
again, I'm going to give you up a little updates on the website. I'm currently redoing it. Also, we have t-shirts on sale as well. I'm going to extend it for the springtime. So we're going to have some t-shirts. I'm looking at um, bringing in some hats, some merchandise, just some stuff for the summer. So there will be, there will be a discount code. I'm probably going to look at maybe probably a 15% discount and then do a few giveaways but our, our website's in the works I do apologize for the delay but I had some things come up so I'm kind of rearranging my schedule I'm looking at different uh, venues to um, do some meets and also um, all this new technology about meets and social media is actually was prophesied to me in 2004 2003 and you know with the advanced technology and software hardware microphone sets up it's so so much easier so look forward to that i'm also going to be doing um some devotionals and be teaching on lexico divina which is sacred reading and certain things i think i really want to do is have some meets meet and greets and do some seminars on lexico divina it would be nice to have a little retreat um also my itinerary will be out on the website. I do speaking engagements on leadership, what I call the brilliantship. It is brilliance meets leadership. A lot of times, a lot of people think leadership is a job title. It's not. Leadership is, is a verb. It's an action, and it's a way of life. So stay tuned to our, and check out our website at www.brilliantship.com. It's one word. It's brilliance, the whole word, and just add ship to it.com so it's b-r-i-l-l-i-a-n-c-e-s-h-i-p.com love you guys remember you're accepted loved and appreciated by christ and you are in christ enjoy